0: look
1: guys welcome back to another episode of the outlaw country podcast today we're lucky enough to be joined today by Ray Fulcher so Ray thank you so much for joining us
0: thanks so much for having me I've been looking forward to it
1: yeah so um first thing we kind of wanted to talk about was uh you've you've released two new singles now uh love your son go dogs and uh, i got it all and we were kind of wondering are those going to be kind of your two lead singles for maybe an upcoming album or something like that
0: well man so um i'm glad you asked that because we've been trying to figure out the same some of the same stuff and we uh so uh, we have recorded a ton of new music um this year and we will be recording even more we haven't figured out what format that's going to look like as far as if it's going to be a full album or a couple of different EPs or how we're going to do that. The reason that we picked, these weren't necessarily, I mean, they're, they are singles, but they wouldn't, um, pick them just because, uh love you son go Dolls" felt like it, it fit in the, you know, the beginning of, of fall really yeah. well. Um, and really fit that. And it just, just kind of felt like the right time um for that one it was such a we got a lot of good feedback on that it was such a powerful song and um so we kind of wanted to we hadn't put out a song in about 11 months leading up to that one so we wanted to kind of you know um come out strong and we felt like we did and then also uh this i got it all song is one that been hanging on to for a while and just kind of chomping at the bit to get out and uh i love those songs that that they feel good but they also have a deeper meaning if you really listen to it and uh you know, and, and, and if you listen to that one, you know, it's a, it's really a heartbreak, uh, breakup song, but you would never know it if you just, if you wasn't really paying attention to the words. So, um, yeah, man. And that's, you know, between those two songs, like a lot of the stuff we recorded is going to be somewhere, you know, that's, those are good representations of the stuff that we've, you know, recorded. And so, um, we just, after we deliberated for a while, we just felt like those two would be really good to kind of come out the gate with. So, and did you write both of those songs, too, as well? I wrote I Got It All with Jonathan Singleton and Morgan Wallen, actually. Um, oh, okay. And then uh, so Love You, Son, Go Dolls, I didn't write. And that's the only song that I've ever put out that I didn't write. But the thing about that one is it was like the first time I heard that song. I was like, my buddy wrote it. Two, two of my buddies wrote it. And they were like, man. Or, or I, I remember hearing it and going, oh, my gosh, it sounds like my, me and my dad. Like, chill. Mm-hmm you know, just that the language they use and all that. And I just remember telling them like, if somebody not, if somebody don't cut that, like somebody bigger, please let me cut it. And I think it was on hold for six months with somebody, and I can't remember who it was, but it came off and my buddy called me and was like, Hey, it's Jordan Walker and Ben Hayslip. And Jordan called me and said, Hey man, uh, that song's off hold if you want it. And I was like jumping up and down in my truck, basically like hitting the ceiling. Cause I was like, so excited about, recording it it's just a special song i think and and every you know when when i want to write all my stuff but one of those comes across i think you just grab onto it so
1: i think it would have been hard for anyone else to get cut that song if they weren't a georgia fan too
0: like even though it's a you know it is a father-son song they're still got that little georgia Georgia connotation to it so
1: yeah well i was kind of looking at your bio too and um on your website you were kind of talking about how when you went to go see eric church is kind of when you wanted to pursue music and during that concert do you remember like a certain moment or a certain song he played that kind of that you had that vision or you wanted to go pursue music
0: yeah so um we were at georgia theater and i remember there was a moment i remember uh the band was playing and this is the first time i'd ever seen eric and and about halfway through the show i was like man i'm a fan of this guy <laughs> and he sends the band off and plays you know like he does a lot of times and played play three songs acoustic um and i remember i can't remember what the other two were but but he played lightning and i never heard oh, lightning that's a great song it's like the way he made me feel playing that song up there and just the the grit and like the honesty in it and stuff i just remember you know being like wow it just it was like a light bulb went off and was like I got to find a way to do what he's doing to other people, what he's doing for me, you know, just felt something so deeply. And so at that point, I didn't even have a guitar. So I went and bought a guitar and started learning to play. And, and it, you know, to be honest that night, it wasn't like, I, you know, in a, in a pie in the sky world, it was like, I could be that guy up there, but I just want to go learn and play guitar and maybe write some songs and just, you know, see where it went. But I was without even knowing how to play. It was a crazy dream to have at the time. And I just kind of, you know, over the last, you know, 13, 14 years, I've just kind of stuck with it, so.
1: I don't, I don't blame you at all. I've seen Eric, I think, three times, and I saw him on my 18th birthday, and he played for close to four hours. I mean, that, he's a hell of a performer. Oh mm-hmm. man, He's so good. He's my favorite. Yeah, he's, he's, he's great. Um, well, how, how did you end up kind of getting linked up with uh, Luke Combs kind of early on in your career?
0: So, you know, to be honest, we, I moved on May the 12th. 2014 all right and so I saw on Twitter that John Langston was the Same day so I hit him on Twitter I was like hey man I don't know anybody in Nashville but like me and him had kind of conversed a little bit so I was like let's hang out the next few days I don't know anybody well my birthday ended up being May the 15th so like three days after I moved so I called him up and was like hey let's go to eat or something so we went eight and while John while we were there John was like hey I have somebody I'm gonna stay on my couch that doesn't live here but they're coming to record a few songs. Let's go hang out with him. So we get back to his apartment and that <laughs> buddy was Luke Combs. And before he even moved to Nashville, twenty fourteen Luke Combs. And so that night we hung out and I think we kinda exchanged numbers. And then so when he moved when he moved to Nashville later that year in September, I was one of the first people that he kind of hit up because he didn't know anybody either. So we just became friends and okay. we really were friends first. And then about a couple months after he moved, we uh we started writing every Tuesday and that's it's just kinda you know, we don't write every Tuesday anymore, but we just kept that thing going. So
1: Um, well yeah, know, yeah, you've had a lot of success as a writer and an artist. Do you do you have like a certain routine you go through when you're writing with people or just just kind of
0: Um, not really a routine. It really just depends on kind of find the for me the routine is finding the, the idea and the hook that excites me enough to want to write it. You know, and sometimes that may take thirty minutes of just talking and and, and throwing out ideas and then from there just kind of figuring out what what should this feel like and maybe you know going through some chord progressions and stuff and then you know it's uh what should the end of this chorus sound like like what are we trying to say you know and then from there it's just kind of piecing it together so
1: do you kind of when you're writing do you kind of always know what you want it to sound like before before you kind of have the idea of the song or do you usually have the lyrics and then the sound
0: yeah i, I um we kind of do the lyrics and the sound at the same time but going into, like, an idea, I'm not sure totally, I mean, sometimes I may have an idea where I'm like, this should be a ballad, or this should be a fast song, you know, or whatever, mm-hmm. but I don't have, um, you know, I, I don't have a preconceived notion just going into it, going into it, right, so.
1: Well, out of all the songs you've written, what would you say is probably your favorite right now?
0: Um, I mean, even though I'm leaving's way up there. Oh, uh, that's a good one. Yes, it'll be, Song of the Year nominee, so that's a special one. Um, there's a song that, and I'm not sure who's gonna cut it yet, uh, but there's a song I wrote um, called "The Part," and hmm. the reason I hadn't put a video up of it or anything is just I'm not sure who's gonna do it, and I don't want to take that opportunity from someone bigger that may want it. But man, it's just really a uh, a song I wrote when I was kind of going through the middle of a heartbreak back in 2017. But it's really about it's kind of my song to to Nashville and like what the outside perception of Nashville is versus like sometimes what the reality is for the people living in it. So, um, that's one I just want to always go back to and, uh, that I, that I really love. So,
1: um, as a songwriter, what makes you kind of like do you, 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 uh, Luke Combs has cut a lot of your songs and what kind of makes you give these songs to him and and you not cut them maybe and and
0: I some of them, but we kind of always kind of go in there with the thought of like, let's write something for Luke, you know, he's kind of. It's almost oh. like mine is like a totem pole thing. It's like, where do, where am I sitting on the totem pole with the artist in the room? So obviously he's at the top of that right now for anybody. So, you know, we go in there and I'm, I'm looking to write something for Luke. Now, if it's something that there's one of these songs that I'm cutting that I wrote with Luke and that was just happened to be one that once we got finished with it, it just, we both were like, hey, this kind of fits my thing better. You know, kind mm-hmm. of fit me a little bit better, so. And does, does Luke do a lot of writing too with you or is he kind of... Yeah, yeah. We so we've written we've written all the ones that he's cut. We've written together. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we we kind of tag team those for him.
1: Did you write? Uh, did you write uh, off his th- new deluxe? Did you write "Colder,
0: Cold as You" or "Colder"? Wrote, uh, My kind of folk on the deluxe.
1: Oh, I was listening to that today. That's that's a good song. I was listening to that. I really like that one. Um, so it kind of seems like you were ahead of the curve on country music. With I mean. Early 2010, 2014, there's a lot of bro country, and the stuff Luke was cutting, the stuff that you had kind of had more of a 90s feel to it. What, what kind of made you try that out? Was it just the, the music you grew up on?
0: You know, we just – we kept trying to write these songs we thought were great, but then, like, couldn't get a publishing deal because everybody was just like, oh, these are – these aren't good enough, or these are too country or whatever. And so we couldn't figure out how to play the game, really. Yeah. And finally, me and Luke were just like, let's just write stuff that." at the end of the day, if we never get a publishing deal or record deal, whatever that we can walk away with being proud of these songs and that we stay true to us. So we just kind of doubled down on that. Mm -hmm. So by the time that, you know, but at the same time, he was out doing those shows, selling tickets. So they, Nashville didn't have a choice, but to, you know, but to recognize him and, 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 you know, somebody was going to offer him a deal eventually. And so they did. And then, you know, all those songs that were on the record, we didn't realize it, but that was like what the fans were kind of starving for. And so it's kind of, it's kind of shown, his career has kind of shown that he, you know, he put those songs out at a, at the perfect time for the genre. So.
1: And did you, did you grow up listening to like all those guys that kind of influenced your sound, like uh, Randy Travis,
0: Alan Jackson, all those guys? Those guys, yeah. Randy Travis, Alan Jackson, George Strait, Keith Whitley, Garth Brooks. I mean, Brooks and Dunn. Trisha Yearwood, all down the line, like that's that's what I grew up on. So, well, who are you, who are you
1: listening to these days? Is there anyone like maybe that's not mainstream that you're a real big fan of or anything like that?
0: Yeah, I'm thinking. Uh, let's see. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna look in my. <laughs> I'm gonna look here in my Spotify. Okay. Um, well, you know what? Like, I know I was on tour with him, but I love Matt Stell stuff mm-hmm. and and Rogers. Those are both my buddies, but I really. Um, I really, really love their stuff and, uh, um, let's see, I mean, I could go down the line as far as young guys that I'm excited about, but you know what I do is I, I go back and i I listen to a lot of like eighties country too. Like, okay. um, you know, like, uh, the Bellamy brothers. And like I said, Keith Whitley, um, mm-hmm. uh, Alabama, oh, uh, yes. you know, John Conley. Kind of all that stuff, um, Earl Thomas Conley and TC, Tracy Lawrence early Tracy Lawrence years and like the early Kenny Chesney records and that. Um, so I just kind of cycle through there. But also, you know, uh, you know I have a, a side of me too that loves Motown and like, uh, uh, and you know, I mean, see Motown like R and B stuff from like back in the day, um, and then. Also, like, yeah, I mean, like, Sam Cooks of the world. And, uh, um,
1: oh, I do you ever like, listen to, uh, any of those, uh, like less mainstream guys, kind of like Sturgill or Tyler Childers?
0: Yeah, i listen to those guys. They're not, like, my, my go-to. But, I, you know, I, uh, I really, really respect what they do, you know, because mm-hmm. they're so good at it. And Jason Isbell, um, I like his stuff. Uh, Um, there's another guy named, uh, is it Ian No? Um, there's another guy that's more on the Americana side that's really good.
1: I I, I, I really like that Americana stuff, but I feel like what you put out is definitely really, really, really country. And it's, it's like got that nineties feel. It's a lot more radio friendly than some of the things those guys are putting out. Even though it's, it's very country and stuff, it just doesn't get, get the pull that they sometimes maybe hope for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I hope that country will open its arms, you know, country radio will open its arms for those kind of guys, you know, at some point, yeah. but you know, they're doing their thing and doing it well. And if you ask them, they probably don't care, you know? So. Yeah. Well, if you could, if you could
1: write a song or make a song with um, an artist, maybe feature him or write with him, who would it be?
0: Uh, George Strait. Um, I mean, George was my, George and Eric Church are my two biggest, you know, inspirations. Now, Eric I would have said Eric Church, but Eric's already does to me was the one I wrote with Luke and then Eric mm-hmm. sang on it. So it's like that kind of bucket list thing is checked. Um yeah. you know, and uh also I really on the on the outside of um country stuff, I mean there's you know, Ed Sheeran is a guy that I would love yeah. to do something with and and, and, and I, like I, I actually love Adele's music too. And that will be a, a crazy like vocal you know, mixture, but that would be really cool to do. Um, so, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a big list if you look outside the, the, the country genre, but yeah, I mean, Eric Church, um, George Strait, and, and Alan Jackson would be the third one kind of in country.
1: Yeah, that would, that would be, that'd be a really cool experience. Um, I know you were, you were featured on the song rule the world with Adam Sanders. There are a ton of good artists on that, on that song. Who Who kind of, form that idea was that adam's idea
0: yeah i got a call from him one night and he was like hey man what do you think about this idea would you want to do this and all that and i was like man i'd love to i'd, I'd love to do it and it sounds like a great idea i don't know why nobody's thought about it before and yeah we uh we got together and did the music video we, we each went in there and did vocals um separately and uh we got in there together and did some of the gang vocal stuff and all that and so that was really fun to be able to kind of do all that and, and the, the music video was awesome
1: yeah, I feel like you, all the guys in there kind of all – those, all those guys that were featured on that song kind of have the same type of 90s feel to them. Like, I'm a real big fan of Adam Sanders, uh, you, Mitch Rossell. I, I, I saw Mitch Rossell open for Garth Brooks, and I, I really like him a lot. He's doing a lot of good things in country music.
0: I'm sorry, what would you say? Great. I like, I like Mitch's stuff a lot.
1: Yeah. Um, if you had to pick an artist or a song – for guilty pleasure, who who would you pick? Ooh,
0: put me on the spot there. <laughs> um, guilty pleasure. Uh, does it have to be country? No, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be country. Um, I would say right. I mean, I kind of love that. Uh, I kind of love that Betty song by Taylor Swift.
1: Okay, yeah. I don't I mean, listen too much Taylor Swift. I don't know too much by her.
0: Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like I don't know a ton, but man, I heard that song. It's off for a new record, and you know, some people love it, some people hate it. But I haven't said this out loud a bunch, but it's like I kind of I really dig that Betty song. So yeah, well,
1: like we're we are our title of our podcast for the Outlaw Country Podcast. But I I my guilty pleasure I love Rascal flats Everything we make, I
0: my roommate actually is. I got him for his his birthday, like a Rascal Flat's Greatest Hits album, because he like he just uh vinyl because he loves rascal Flatts, Man I, I actually love a lot of their stuff too, like Yours If You Want It and I'm mm-hmm. uh, Moving On and and uh These Days and all that. Man, that stuff is so good.
1: I don't think they make a bad song. They catch a they catch a lot of uh heat and I d I don't think that they deserve it. They're
0: great. Yeah, when you really dig in it's like, man, these songs are pretty damn good, you know?
1: Well when you were when you went to Georgia uh for school, were there many guys there trying to um be a country artist or anything like that, like playing at local bars, what is it just kind of you and your, your um, mission to be country artist? Were there many other guys like you?
0: Yeah, man. So not really. So I went to, I had some friends that love country and we would always listen to it together and old country and all, but you know, because I was in, man, when I went to that, uh, I didn't learn to play guitar till, till I was almost in graduate school there. So a lot of my, so I did have some friends in graduate school that I ended up living with that they they were in the music and we formed a, my first band in in college with those guys. Um, but it was always like I could always tell that they were they you know that they didn't quite dream as big as I was dreaming. And and I because it sounded crazy back then. But I always kind of knew that when college was over, it may be over for them. Um, but I always felt this this pull that it like wasn't going to be over for me. So you know, um, so I did have those friends, but. I didn't really have any friend that was like, let's go do this. You know, it was just, I was just kind of leaning on my own craziness or, or what my mom was like, you can imagine what my mom was thinking when I had a master's degree and then I was going to go, go play music for a living. So, you know, I didn't have anybody that outside the box really, um, you know, for, for a long time. And I, I formed a band when I moved back home, uh, in 20, uh, let's see, 2010, and uh, stayed home for three years, um, or 2011, stayed home for for three years before I moved to Nashville. But um, even then, the the band was it was something we did on the weekends and all that. But I still was like really wanted to go to Nashville and give it a shot. So eventually, I was just something I had to kind of, you know, put the blind put the blindfold on and just and just go. So.
1: Um, going to school down in Georgia. What What is game day like down
0: in SEC land? Oh man, it's awesome. Um, yeah, it's uh about a early November, Saturday night when there's not a cloud in the sky when they're playing somebody like Auburn. Usually, you know that time yeah. of year, or um like Georgia Tech or something. It's just my honestly my like favorite place on earth. It's just the pageantry, the band, the you know the school buildings, but also the the leaves falling and and all the oak trees and all, and just the, you know, just the, the atmosphere of 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 college football in the south, and when it starts turning colder is just, you know, sort of like Christmas. It's like there's just a feeling about it, you know, and that you that's hard to put your finger on, and then it always goes by too fast, you know what I mean? So it's one of my, one of my, my biggest passions. Yeah, we're we're
1: based out of Nebraska, so I we've always heard about like. The SEC games, and the, I I just think it looks looks awesome down there. We uh, your old coach, uh, Rick, he used to. He's from Omaha.
0: Oh yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, I I always pulled for Georgia when he was the head coach there. But uh, and then we played you guys a few years back in the in the Gator Bowl or something like that. And I remember that. I remember that y'all won. I think. I think I think we played you twice, and you might have beat us beat us one year, and then I think it was like
0: you guys had girly and we beat you that year. Yeah, there was two – I think two – we split. I think we played back to back years, and then we won yeah. one, I think. Yeah, it's, I,
1: I like playing those SEC schools. And then I, I think they have a – almost every SEC school has a fun fan base.
0: So, it was a good time to travel. So.
1: Well, one of my favorite songs by you is uh, That's My Thinking. Is yeah. probably one of, one of your first songs. I, I really like that song. Do you play that show – or play that song much at shows?
0: Um, Yeah, every once in a while we'll throw it in there to kind of start the show off you know, uh, that was one of my favorite, that was, uh, that was one of my, the most fun songs to write just with a guitar and stuff. And I remember when I got that back, I remember Luke was the first guy I sent it to and he loved it. And so I was like, Oh man, this might have some legs or whatever. So man, it was really cool to, It I think that was my second song I put out in Nashville, maybe my first one, but, um, might've been my first one actually, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I just love how, uh, just a hair of of of, of relief in it, but just that mm-hmm. you know that uh Kelly that round down you know so yeah uh yeah, and it was very true to me I wanted to be country, you know, and so that was that was no denying that that it was country, so yeah that's a that's a
1: fun song is that is that a fan favorite for you
0: yeah, it is, especially back there back then, and like we've come up with so many come out with so many songs since then and gained so many new fans that some of the fans may not even i mean they may have heard it, but They've, you know, they've come on because of other songs, um, but yeah, in the beginning, it was definitely a fan favorite. So,
1: um, so down to my last question, and then I'll leave you to it. But uh, what's maybe one thing your fans probably don't know about you?
0: Let's see. That I used to, I used to rodeo. I used to barrel race horses. Oh, did you really? Uh, from when I was about, let's see, probably nine or ten till I was like. 13. Something oh, wow. so. so we yeah. used to go on the weekends and, and, and ride horse or, you know, race horses. And sometimes I win a little money. Sometimes daddy's money got, <laughs> got lost, but, you know, the entry fee got lost. But it was really fun and i got some great memories from those days. Do you follow rodeo at all anymore? I, anymore. I mean, I, if it's on TV, I watch it and stuff, but um, I don't like to follow the circuit.
1: I don't know. I don't know too much about it, but I've always been intrigued by like Bronco riding, bull riding. I think that looks just
0: you have a little i mean you have just a little bit of uh of just don't care at all if you're doing that because yeah that's little stuff
1: those guys those guys have some screws liz for sure yes i think so well ray i really appreciate you joining me man thank you so much i'd love to have you on again sometime soon
0: do it man thank you so much for having me and and uh best of luck with everything and 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 i'm looking forward to hearing it.
1: yeah i'm looking forward to hearing more you said you got songs coming out so Looking forward to hearing those, and we'll be promoting you, man. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Appreciate it, man.
1: Yeah, take care. Have a good night. Yeah,